We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to the Sports Social, bringing you this week's joy, humanity and heartbreaking sport. Hello, Libby. Hello, Georgie. It's so nice to see you because I haven't seen you since Christmas Day. Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. 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 Uh, Christmas Day. And yes, Happy New Year. Yes. 2023, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> Off to a flying start. Thank you. <laughs> did you have a lovely holiday? I did. Um <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I am very happy to be returning to work. <laughs> I Yeah, we had a lovely holiday. We went to the Sunshine Coast. That was beautiful. I went up to North Queensland and visited my extended family up there. It was like a kind of a whole family get together. I'm one of 19 cousins. Oh. There was like a billion of us now. So it was actually really nice to see where I spent the majority of my childhood growing up. So, Have you been back there much? I probably haven't been back to my grandmother's farm for a good decade. Wow. So um, there's a few cousins who live in in Brisbane who I see on and off, not as regularly as I would like. But, yeah, some of my favourite cousins still live in North Queensland. So, yeah, it was really nice to kind of get together and go down the river and try and spot crocodiles. You've gone back to, to your roots. To my roots. We cracked a whip. Right. Luke cracked it in his eye. <laughs> It was a big adventure, but emergency uh, departments must get really busy over this time of year, where people think they can do stuff that they the can't. City do. kid coming to the oh country and thinking he can crack, crack a whip. I can do that. But yeah, no, it was great. It was great. But happy to be back at work and without a child touching me or mm. asking for a snack or asking for food. Yeah. How was your holidays? It was lovely. We spent a couple of weeks at the beach on. I think we should call it Minjirabar, which mm. is North Stradbroke Island. Beautiful. So that was beautiful. We just had best weather, read lots of books, went to the beach for hours and hours and hours. Yes. Uh, I think it's, and it's really – I love going on holidays but then I also like coming home because all of a sudden your house feels exciting because you haven't been there all the time. Totally agree. It's so weird. <laughs> Isn't it weird? It's like, oh, it's so nice to be back here. So nice. <laughs> but holidays also mean endless amounts of sport been so good. How much cricket did you watch? None, but I watched heaps <laughs> of tennis. Did you? Yes. Oh, it's because I didn't watch any of the tennis. Not really? yet. Well, no, I sort of oh, I like Georgie. to save myself for the Australian Open. Missed it. Oh, the Adelaide. What did you watch? Well, there was the United Cup, which I was very confused about. Yeah, what is that with. format? I don't. So I was trying to understand because there's a, the Brisbane International, which usually happens in the first kind of week of January. And that seemed to have disappeared, so I was kind of understanding what was happening. And so what has happened is that there's a a bunch of different locations around mm. Australia, so mm. Brisbane, Sydney, Perth, I think. Yeah, Perth, that's right. And uh, instead of having the Brisbane International and then the Perth International and the Sydney International, they've created the United Cup. So it was countries versus different countries in different locations around Australia. And it was actually really good, but my favourite was the Adelaide International. So that didn't form part of the United Cup. That was a separate event. That was a separate event. And weirdly it was over two weeks. So there was one week which the first week Novak Djokovic won. Oh, what, two separate events? 
yeah, it was both the Adelaide International and I could not get an understanding. I think maybe it was COVID related, but that wasn't COVID's not a thing, right? (laughs) I didn't think events were still (laughs) managing COVID. And also if it is, why is Djokovic allowed to play? Well, he's allowed in the country now. Yeah. Um, And he won and it was an amazing it was actually a really remarkable match. I really loved watching that. And then in the second week, Australian Tanasi Kokonakis, who is a South Australian local, mm. he went to the semifinals of the Adelaide International. He actually won it the year before mm. and he was on fire. I'm so excited to see him play at the Australian Open in this coming week. Are he and Kyrgios playing doubles together at the Australian Open? They better Open? be because they won the Australian Open doubles last year reigning champions what's your personal opinion about nick Kyrgios? well i have many thoughts i found this on the web oh so does siri thanks siri thanks for doing our research for us she found this she could be more accurate (laughs) might very likely to be accurate so i think andy murray describes nick Kyrgios as a part-time player which yes. I think is quite interesting. So he's pulled out of lots of events in the lead up to the Australian Open. He was meant to be part of the United Cup and he pulled out of that. Mm. So he's got like this sort of in tennis but not always playing tennis. But when he's on the court, he's electric and he is such a interesting player. Like I know people say he's not he's not really following the tennis template or, mm. you know, he's breaking that mould and I think that's what makes him so – Interesting. Fascinating to watch, but it also ruffles feathers. Mm. Like he doesn't like to wear the Wimbledon dress code. Does it really matter? Yeah, I mean, does it really matter? If they're playing good tennis. To be fair, women on periods probably don't want to wear all white either. Mm, No. (laughs) Yes. So it's true. Just as a sidebar. (laughs) Yeah, no. I was just like, yeah, that would not be good. So I think he's very good for the sport, like Agassi was when Agassi first played, everyone was like, ooh, he's such like a bad boy, blah, blah, well, blah. Well, Leighton Hewitt was the same. And were they, was he really? Like why was Agassi such a bad bad boy for tennis? Like his temperament and his way he played the yeah, sport. Yeah, he that, was very angry. Yeah. Which Nick Kyrgios is very angry Yeah, I think, I think he, watching tennis, it is such a strange sport in that you're so isolated and exposed when you're playing yeah so you're out in the middle dealing with all your inner thoughts yes by yourself and up until recently you weren't allowed to be coached through that process and you're not part of a team and I think Kyrgios operates better in a team so I totally when he's agree. playing doubles with Kokonakis he's just I I went through a really big phase quite a number of years ago where I was just like he's such a <laughs> like, like, oh, just he, he infuriates me because he's so obviously talented. Mm. Like the dude just oozes talent. Mm. And I've like I've started to read a lot more about him and understand him a lot more and he, he clearly has some mental health stuff that he has been through over the past few years. Um, you know, he talked about being 19 and kind of being thrust into the limelight and being portrayed as the next big thing and like that, that's – a that's lot pressure. of that's a huge amount of pressure. I was trying to think about how because you were a similar age when mm. you came onto this the spotlight, yeah, if that's the way you would put it, and and that would that is exposing. But you were in a team, even though swimming's a uh, an individual sport, you're still very much in that team setting, yes. and you're so connected with your coach and your squad. And that's the thing that I find interesting about Curious. He doesn't have a coach. 
why doesn't he have a coach? Or why doesn't he have a mentor or, you know, a Ben Crow type figure in his life that Ash Barty had who can help him navigate those thoughts? Because the thing is, the thing that I see in him, I want to like tuck him under my wing because I'm like, he has this most brilliant ability and he's so fun to watch and I I love watching him play but that you can see it happen in real time these moments he just he just shuts down because he's so angry about a point that was played 5 games ago and he can't get out of that negative cycle and I'm like if you because one of like one of my excellent features that I had as an athlete is that I had the ability to channel that anger or Mm. frustration Mm. into performance and I'm like if you could just learn to harness that energy that passion that emotion like he would be unstoppable. Nick uh, Libby's available give her a call. (laughs) My name is Henry I'm nine years old and I like sport because it's fun. In the world of cricket, mm. Australia just beat two different countries in two different test series. Ah. To the point where. There was two? Yep. Two so test we played, series. Yep. We played the West Indies. Ah. We had. I, I thought <laughs> we just played South Africa. <laughs> uh, we, we did pl- play South Africa. Yeah, we did too. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but we also played the West Indies. To be fair to you, mm. they were some of the shortest test matches ever seen. There was yes. the two day test in Brisbane. The two day test. And we were meant to. As a team at the Sports Social, go to day three, except it didn't happen. So our Christmas party got (laughs) cancelled. Screw you, Cricket Australia. They cancelled our Christmas party. It wasn't Cricket Australia. Oh. It wasn't them. It was just that there was no match. I'm just blaming Cricket Australia. I was really excited. I got to go to the second day, which was like going to a one-day match because wickets were just falling. Really? Oh, it was – I can't remember who was uh, batting first or batting second, but – Essentially, I got to see one team field and then the the next team. Wow. Yeah, it all just happened. Was that West Indies? Yeah. Yeah. So the West Indies really didn't have um, much in the way of a batting lineup. Gotcha. And similarly, that was the case with South Africa. They just didn't have enough depth in their batting. They Why bought, is that? I don't know. I don't know if the, uh, the short forms of the game are fragmenting how good test cricket is. Well, this comes to a, a deeper conversation of d- is tests relevant? Yes. Libby. <laughs> Are they relevant, Georgie? Well, is short course relevant to swimming? 100%. There we go. Different forms of the game. Yeah, but you have like three million forms of cricket in cricket. Cricket is just too crowded as yeah. a market at the moment. There's like IPL, there's T20, there's one day internationals. There's I'm so test proud cricket. of you. Thank You've you. learned so much. <laughs> but there's too much of it and I think, what's probably not happening in some of these countries is building that depth across your different forms. So mm. your, your test match, which is your five-day Red Bull mm. cricket. So the thing that I did see, uh, <laughs> actually the one bit of cricket that I did watch was the day that David Warner <gasps> scored a double century. Yes. So I tuned in at like 196. Perfect. He was on. Yeah. <laughs> and that was in his 100th test. So that's, that was just brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's next level. I saw him get his his double century. Oh, God. I don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> and then, and then he, he did his little celebrations and he did the, like, the jump in the air that he always does, which is really cool. But then I saw him land 
And then I saw him immediately go into a cramp. Oh, because it was like 40 <laughs> degrees down there. I just laughed so much. It was so mean. But I was like, yay. Oh, he looks like he's in a lot of pain. They, I think after he scored maybe his double century, then he came off at some point because he just – they I'm pretty sure he went off immediately. They couldn't. He couldn't hydrate himself yeah. enough with an, you know, Gatorade or whatever those things are to get the electrolytes back because they were just sweating so much and so many players were cramping. And so, although I was laughing, I was like, "Wow, that's you were in awe." I was his, in awe, <laughs> and the terrible timing of his cramp. Well, I think it just like to me that just exemplifies what a tough 200 run that was. It yeah. wasn't just like belting it around because. The competition wasn't good enough. It was a solid effort in extreme conditions to 100%. have achieved that. Hi, I'm Yelena Dokic, and what I love about sport is being able to get involved, get that physical activity, uh, makes you feel good about yourself, uh, really good for your mental health as well, and really good to be able to get out there, um, connect with other people as well, and uh, sport is something that no matter what sport it is, you can play for life. Liv, because it's holidays, Netflix decided to drop a whole lot of fantastic sports documentaries. So good. You know how we watched the untold documentary about Marty Fish? Yes. The tennis player? Yes. What I hadn't appreciated is that that is part of a wider documentary series. Yeah. There's a whole library. I wish you'd told me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'll let you know. Anyway, Netflix had decided to tell me that I would be really interested in watching untold the story of the the race of the century Mm. which is all about Australia's bid to win the America's Cup yes now when the America's Cup happened that's the one where Bob Hawke was like yes don't give your people a day off you're you're a bum yeah exactly (laughs) pretty sure that was verbatim yeah spot on (laughs) that's the one so well you weren't even born when this happened is it 1985 83 oh yeah no I wasn't born and I was you know, one or two or something like that. So for us, we just, we weren't old enough. And even as it's gone on in history, I don't think I ever really picked up enough information about what actually happened. Mm. And this documentary is so good. It is just, it goes through really clearly how the America's Cup is set up. Mm. So before we made this bid to win it, it had been held by the US for 132 years. I mean, that's many years. And what happens is that one of the clubs in the country sort of leads the campaign. So it had been the New York Yacht Club okay. who had been the owners of the, of the campaign for the America's Cup. Right. Which is weird. Because is weird. the sailing club is established or set up in New York and it's in this building that looks like the outside of an old ship. Like it's got billowing windows that come out of oh. this building like you're in the ship's Hull? Hull? I mean, I'm, my depth of language ship. around ships Shapes. is really <laughs> limited. I'm using you, lots of you, like, I'm using my hands. Lots which of gesturing. Bow, um, port side. Okay, stop. Um, so they had held it forever. And so the Australians decided they'd have a crack. And John Bertrand was the, I guess, the captain of the team and led the charge. And that name will be familiar to you. Yes, because he was a Swimming Australia president. Yes. Yeah, for a, a number of years. You you will love it because possibly still. What he go <laughs> What he then talks about this is back in the eighties, he got the Australian team to do a whole lot around visualization. Cool. 
cool. Like groundbreaking stuff yep. happening in sailing. But it was beautiful to watch how he selected the team, how they all came together. Was he on the boat? Yep. Ah. Yep. And Alan Bond feel like funded the ca- campaign. Essentially you just need to go and watch this. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I just loved it. And now I've gone down a wormhole of watching all of the untold ah. documentaries. Are there any other good ones? I watched the one about And One. Which was the shoe brand. Oh, yes. I watched that one. took on Nike. Yes. That is very, very cool. Mm, Really good. Would you like to hear what I watched, Georgie? I gave you that look of your turn. (laughs) You gave me the eyes. I have been watching Breakpoint. Oh, so good. Because like I said, I'm obsessed with tennis. Yeah. Uh, So I've watched the first two episodes. The first episode was focused on Nick Kyrgios. See above. See above, above, our opinions about that. It was actually really interesting because you do get a better picture of where he's come from and and how, not necessarily why he does things the way that he, oh, a little bit why. Uh, I I feel like I understand the guy more. Yeah, I I do find him just such an interesting character. I Mm. really feel like him and Ben Crow would be a good combination. No, he's giving you a call. Well, I mean, obviously I'm available as well. I would happily go on tour. That would be really fun for a period of time. You have four. You have three and a half children. (laughs) They could come with. That would be fine. Oh, oh, no. I'm sure we'll all have a great time. (laughs) So after the first two episodes, I did think, I don't know if this is for me. And I really like tennis. What? But then I got to episode three. Who's that one? Taylor Fritz. Oh, yeah, the American. Yeah, but for me it was more about then and so what we should say is that Breakpoint is uh, made by the same people who made F1 Drive to Survive, which for Libby and I triggered our interest in car racing. Immediately. That we'd never, I mean, we'd never watched any car racing Mm. before. And so the first couple of episodes I sort of of Breakpoint, the tennis one, I was watching going, okay, this is, you know, I'm not learning. I I mean, it was interesting but it was those first two episodes all all around the Australian Open which I was like cool I sort of get how the Australian Open works and then by episode three you go to Indian Wells which is in California and for me that's when it became interesting because we're not just talking about Grand Slams we're talking about all the little events that lead up to a Grand Slam and the importance of them and for me I'm not following the tennis when it's at Indian Wells Yes. As a, a, you know, I opt in at a Grand Slam sort of oh, 100%. point. Oh, 100%. Wimbledon, Australian Open, yeah. probably the two I would watch. So I loved learning about Indian Wells and how important that is in the tour and what it means. And then as the episodes progress, you learn about one of the Spanish, maybe it's Madrid. Okay. So you learn about That's Madrid. That's in the lead up to the Roland French, Garris to French. French. Yeah. So you learn about how important Madrid is and you hear it from the player's perspective of, you know, if you win Madrid, what does that mean and how you perform at Madrid, how does that roll out mm. and you get to start to we, – we, we've met Kyrgios in episode one and Tom Lanovich yes. I think is episode two. Yes. And, so, and but, Matteo Berrettini. Mm, so you sort of, as the episodes go through, you're, you're picking up these new players, which for me is so important. I was just going to say the same thing because I don't know any of the players no. now. And we're in an era where – Serena's gone, Federer's gone, Nadal and Novak are sort of at the end of their careers. Yep. I've missed someone in that. So, oh, and Ash Barty's just retired. Yeah, now pregnant. Yeah, congratulations. Well Ash done, Barty. Ash. <laughs> well done. I don't know. <laughs> that seems wrong. Well done, Livy. <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> so I, for me, this is so clever of tennis because yes. tennis is at this point where you've got a changing of the guards 
for someone like me who's not watching every satellite tournament and yes. all the tour, you know, the bits and bobs on the tour, I now watch the Australian Open with a sense of confusion. About who to go for. Who am I watching? Yeah. And why should I watch them and not them? It's interesting, which is what I loved about watching the Adelaide International because I started to get a sense of some other good players mm. that are interesting to watch. Before that I was like, mm. Is Federer playing? <laughs> so I do wonder how Netflix is going to drop this because they've only dropped the first five episodes and then they've stopped. And there's, there is more in the series. So I wonder if they'll, they've given us a bite and then we go and watch the Australian Open yes. and the French Open. That's actually very clever. Yeah. And then, or maybe the French is a bit later, but then June, July, that's when they'll give us the next drop before the next couple of major Amazing. tournaments. So good. But see, like I'm now a fan of Matteo Berrettini. Like, yeah, he seems lovely. He seems really lovely. And Isla Tomlanovic. 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 She's is, gorgeous. Is Australian. And who beats Serena, knocks Serena out of the US Open in her final, her retirement match. Amazing. That was. No idea. Mm. But yeah. And sadly, she's just had to pull out of the Australian Open because she's got a knee injury. Oh, no. But now I'm hearing this information and it's registering with me as to who that is and why that's important. Yeah. And in the same way that F1 all of a sudden made Formula One relevant to me. We know who Gunter is. <laughs> I'm Beck from Burley and I love running, I love it, the social aspect. Yes, I always run with other friends that I wouldn't ordinarily see. And then, yeah, you get the runner's high after it, yeah. You've just told me that you're playing sport again. What's that about? So, there's a story to this. When I was oh, 10, 11, 12, I started learning how to surf. I thought you were going to say you're making a comeback for softball, but you know. Oh, there's something in the works there, but I don't know where that. <laughs> Just a little, little, a little teaser. Little teaser. Drop that in. My uh, watch out, softball. My under twelve Queensland career <laughs> could be kicking back off. <laughs> but surfing. That yes. was the height of my <laughs> my professional career. So good. Uh, surfing. So I started learning how to surf maybe 10, 11, 12. It's always been something that my family have done when they go to the beach. Started learning how to surf and sort of made progress but then all of a sudden got really spooked and came back the next summer and just was scared, like would oh. start taking off on the wave and just be afraid that I was going to fall off, and which is weird because it's Of course you're going to fall off. Yeah. yeah, and also, yes, you will fall off. You'll always fall off. And I also was very intimidated by everyone else surfing. Oh, yeah. I find that very intimidating, especially when there's so many people. So many people. What is the etiquette? What are the rules? So are you dropping in on someone? Yeah, and lots of males. Not that that was their – that's not their problem, but as a, like, 12-year-old girl, mm. I was highly intimidated by that. It didn't feel like a space where I could muck around or make mistakes and that would be forgiven. If anything, I felt like yeah. I was going to get in, in everybody's way yeah. and be told to just nick off because yeah. – you shouldn't be here. Mm. And some of that was probably just a lot in my own head, but definitely just never really got back out there and never progressed any further. Mm. So my kids are now all learning to surf. So cool. Because my husband, Ben, is loves to surf, great surfer. In fact, when we were over at Stratty, was surfing one day and looked over and there's Steph Gilmore. Oh, amazing. I thought you were going to say he was like spotted by some talent no, I know. scout. <laughs> No, he'd be horrified <laughs> if I said that. No, no, he was like, oh, surfing and looked over and there's Steph Gilmore and I let her get that wave. And I was like, did you let her get it or was it always her wave? Well, I was always her wave. 
So the kids are learning to surf. And Ben had said to me, why don't you have a crack? No, 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 no. So the last day of, or the second last day of the holidays, I decide that I could go out and have a play. For content on the show? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like this would make good content. (laughs) As it turns out, it's a story to tell, but it's not for content. Love it. It's not for my own personal reasons. The waves were the tiniest, like, they were literally non-existent. But my nephew was out there, my kids were out there, and I thought, I'll have a go. Yeah. It was so much fun. I was so sore from just trying to push myself up and stand yes. up and falling off. And then the next day I went out with Ben and my nephew, Charlie, and we sat out again in very rolly, easy, gentle waves. And I caught two. Amazing. And I fell off twice. But they were bigger than I would normally catch. And what was just the nicest and the thing that made me go, you should be out here, it's fine to be out here, was that there were there were probably five other women out there, women mm. and girls, and at one stage I caught a wave. I mean I fell off. I stood up and stood for like five seconds and then fell off. And I paddled back out and this lady just looked at me and gave me the biggest smile and oh. I thought, oh, I can't, I'm meant to be here. Yeah. It's okay. No one's telling me to go away or get out of their way. Like I think the surfing community might have – evolved and obviously my paranoia of whether I should be there or not has evolved <laughs> yes and I'm like well I'm just gonna try but it was just so good so That's now amazing. when I go back at Easter or whenever I next get to the beach that is going to be my thing I'm going to prioritize me going out on the, in the surf not just my children because often that's what we do oh I've been stuck on the side of the beach for 10 years yeah and all of a sudden I was like oh I could give it a try yeah and I did Yay, Georgie. I know. That's amazing. That's my story. Face your fears and, you know. Oh, look, like- I'm still terrified. Oh, totally. <laughs> sharks everywhere. I'm not about sharks. <laughs> That's what I get scared about. Do you? Like what's that as shadow? As long as there's other people out there, I'm like, they'll be tastier. Yeah, exactly. Just got to beat one. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to add to that conversation? Well, because we spent time at the beach as well and Luke and I – we are really quite enjoying ocean swimming at the moment. Mm. So being pregnant, I don't love a lot of exercise. <laughs> Most things are hard. <laughs> but swimming is like, oh, I just love it so much, obviously. <laughs> um, but I have always been terrified of swimming in the ocean. I get, I jump at shadows <laughs> in the water. It is a bit intimidating. It is. But uh, we made sure while we had that time to prioritise each of us having that uh, moment to go for a swim in the ocean. Oh. So, yeah, got a, quite a few uh, little swims in in nature, which is just, I don't know, it's magical. It's like healing. I'm going to sound insufferable. Oh, here she goes again. <laughs> but, like, it's so it's grounded. The first episode back. <laughs> really sorry. started. <laughs> but it's just so beautiful to be in the ocean, in the sunshine, like fresh air. Yeah, we're spoiled here. Totally spoiled. So, yeah, absolutely love that. Prioritize time for you to go and exercise. Enjoy yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Sports Social. We so enjoy bringing you these episodes. And if you have a friend who you think would enjoy these sports chats, please share it with them and let them know about us. And we absolutely love receiving your feedback and your reviews. It totally lights us up. If you are enjoying this kind of sports content, head over to our Instagram page at the Sports Social Podcast. Otherwise, we will chat to you next week. Bye. Bye.